save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies, and today we're going to speak with Anna Gannon. I have to tell you, I just finished the conversation with her. It was delightful. I hope you enjoy it. We went so many places in the conversation. So Anna is a writer, a yoga and meditation teacher. She is the heart and voice behind Expectful and the Expectful podcast. I also learned during our conversation, she used to make wedding cakes. Um, she's done it all, but she's also, uh, she's also pregnant. And she is, as mentioned, she's a meditation teacher. So we talked a lot about meditation and what it means to meditate, how to meditate. I talked about my fumbles and follies of meditation and she gave some helpful hints. And then we started talking about meditation and pregnancy. And then she just was gracious enough to really talk about her pregnancies and fears. And we just unpacked some really powerful stories and information. And I don't usually talk as much during podcasts, but it was such a, a, genuine, transparent, open conversation that she and I had. And and we really start talking about fears in pregnancy. And she's pregnant with her second and how that may show up in her second and how she's approaching her second birth in a different manner. And we talked a lot about taking autonomy over your birth and empowerment. So while the conversation wasn't, in fact, I think we only did like a third of the questions I had planned. It was truly one of my favorite talks and I hope that you enjoy it as well. Before we jump into that, just a few little shout outs. Um, We've had some amazing donations come into the Yoga Birth uh, Babies podcast. So thank you for Celia and uh, Laura that did that recently. Thank you. Thank you. If it's within your means and you're getting something out of the podcast and you want to give back to the podcast, please go to prenatalyogacenter.com and you can donate there. Another way to honor what the podcast is doing for you is to leave a rating and review. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, or on Google Play. There's a few places you can do that because it, it really means a lot for other people to hear this information. And then last shout out that we have already have about a third of our fall teacher training. We do an 85 hour teacher training booked for the New York uh, training. We'll be doing it um, September and October. So there's still some spots left, but I suspect it's going to fill pretty quickly. And then we have on the calendar, we'll be out in Charlotte, North Carolina for our next teacher training out there. We are just finishing everything off from the last one. We did sending out certification certificates this week. So lots of great stuff happening. And I'm still on this high from that last conversation we had with Anna. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back. You're going to hear from Anna. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Anna, how are you today on this very cold day? I'm doing great, besides cold, but I have a blanket over me. <laughs> well, and you're pregnant, so that helps. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I got some extra cushions, some yeah, extra some uh, heating extra heat. thing that I'm carrying around. <laughs> yeah. This is so fun now, turning the tables. So for those that listen to the your podcast, my podcast, I love that we're kind of bopping around and, and being each other's guests. So I was just, for those listening, I was just a guest on Anna's podcast, Expectful, um, like a month ago. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it aired like two weeks ago. It was such a fun podcast. It Thank was really you. happy. <laughs> I had a good time with that. So now it's fun to turn the tables because I don't have to worry about answering the questions. I get to ask the questions. So I'm sitting here having my tea, just having a little chat. So this is going to be fun. And I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you for coming on my podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right, so let's dive in and just tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. Yeah, sure. So right now, as you mentioned, I'm pregnant with my second child. I have um, a daughter that is three, and then I have a son coming in May, which is very exciting. And what I do for a living, I guess you could say, is I work for Expectful, as you mentioned. Um, I'm the host of the Expectful podcast, and then I also write the meditations for Expectful. So it's an app for women who are preparing to conceive pregnant and new moms. And we pretty much create meditations around all like the highs and lows <laughs> of those times in our lives and really speak to just the truths that come up and try to support women in being more present in their lives. Because at least for me, I know the most important thing in my life right now, and I assume always will be presence, just being present with my loved ones as much as I can through this roller coaster. So that's, that's what I do. I'm also a writer uh, and a yoga teacher <laughs> and a meditation teacher. And you know, all the other things that I feel like in this life for like a hundred things instead of just one. So many, many hats. Um, but with expectful, you do a lot of meditation. Cause I've been reading, I, I kind of trolled through all the blogs and a lot was about meditation. Oh yeah. It's all meditate. I mean, the whole app is meditation. <laughs> um, so it's, we, I wrote over 350 meditations recently. And then on the platform right now, I believe we have something like 150. So yeah, it's, it really like is anything that could come up in your life is, is on our app. And right now I'm so excited because in two days, I think it is, we're going to launch the weekly pregnancy meditation. So I, I don't think I told you no. uh, about this step, but I created meditations for each week of pregnancy that speak about the development of the baby so that women can hear how their baby's developing that week. And it takes them through like visualizations to be able to visualize how that's happening, to connect with their baby while their baby's inside of them. And then to also speak to the things that come up for the woman in her, in her life and her body, what's coming up at this time in each week. So I'm so excited that these I are finally love recorded. That. I love yeah, that. Do you, 
Do you uh, compare them to a vegetable or a fruit like the baby center email? I do, man. I do. I try to think of other things. Like I try to get creative, like, oh, you know, like maybe I could do like a lotus flower. And then I was like, just stick to the fruit and veggies. Yeah. I remember with <laughs> my like, first every week be like, your baby's an avocado. And by the end, it's like, your baby's a watermelon. And you're like, yes, clearly it is. Yeah, it's just a little scary. <laughs> like, and where is this watermelon coming out of and how is this happening? So. <laughs> no one signed me up for this. Yeah. That's exciting. I love that. I'll make sure that we put some, is there going to be a link or how can I, how can I shout this out to people? Yeah, I can definitely send you everything. Okay. It's, um, and it's going to be coming out. I also created 40 meditations for each day of postpartum as well. So mm. each day that you go through postpartum, there's a meditation for you talking about what's important. happening that day. So yeah, we're really getting like even more specific with the content because I just know as a mom, like I needed that, like I needed to be able to open up something and to not have to pick what I wanted to do. I just wanted to someone to pick it for me, right? Like we have to make yeah. so many decisions around this time decision in our lives. Decision burnout. Yeah. Give it to me, you know, so that's... That's what I created. And that can then become kind of your, like your touchstone. You're like, okay, today's crazy. I barely got myself dressed, but I can take a few minutes and just breathe and come back. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, exactly. And there, you can get it in five, 10 or 20 minutes. That's like a big thing for us, making it accessible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, especially, I mean, postpartum, like five minutes all the way. <laughs> yeah. You don't usually have 20 minutes. If you are, you're probably taking a nap. So I want to find out, how did you find your way to meditation? Oh, great question. So it's, it's actually all, um, intertwined. When I was seven months pregnant with my daughter, Annabelle, who's three now, I was a full-time yoga instructor working in Soho. I managed a studio down there and was just like loving life, you know, teaching yoga full-time. And I walked into the studio one day and the people that owned it just decided to let all of their teachers go. They were slowly transitioning out of having a studio. So at seven months pregnant, I lost my job. And I was just kind of like, whoa, like, what do I do? And did you see yoga, it coming? You know, I didn't, I didn't. I think that like intuitively I probably did, right? Like I probably had the foresight, but I didn't want to believe it because I loved my job and I loved, it wasn't even just the job. It was the community. Like mm -hmm. I just love the people and to feel like I wasn't going to be able to walk into a space and see these people's faces every day was just heart wrenching for me. So I didn't, I think a big part of me just didn't want to believe it. And also, mm -hmm. you know, I'm pregnant. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to believe that this is true. Yeah. Um, so, but it happened and yoga, yoga was like my savior. And I knew that I could do yoga and it would help me get through it. But on the other side of the coin, I'm someone that has struggled with depression on and off throughout my life. And it's something that I always know kind of what triggers come up and, and what could really make it intensify. And this was definitely one of those moments, right? Like I'm seven months pregnant. I lose my job. I lose my income. I'm about to have a baby. Like all the fears and worries that you could possibly think of are boiling to the surface. And the main one being like, I can't walk into another job and be like, Hey, you want to hire me? And then like, give me three months off <laughs> in a few months. Like it just, it seemed like there was no possibilities. So it just so happened that the last day that I taught at that studio, my good friend 
wrote me an email and he's a hypnotherapist and he heard what happened and he was like, Hey Anna, you know, I heard about what's going on. I just wanted to let you know that I've been helping to create these meditations for this company called Expectful. They're in beta right now. They only have like, you know, six pregnancy meditations, but I didn't know if maybe it would be something that helped you, would help you. So it's kind of like, eh, because even even though I did yoga, which I think this surprises people, I was not into meditation. Like I had tried meditation a few times and really just did not understand. Like I didn't want to sit for, you know, 10 minutes and not do anything. That's really how I looked at it. I thought that in order to meditate, you had to be in lotus pose and my hips just don't open like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I guess I can't meditate. Um, but he brings this up, you know, and I'm thinking super low expectations because it's in beta. So I'm like, uh, it's probably going to be whatever. But I'm also someone that I make 30 day challenges for myself. So I had nothing to do. I lost my job and I was like, I can do 30 well, days. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I could do, I, I'll just do 30 days of meditation, you know, and I'll see what happens. And since I was worried like about falling into depression for myself, but also just not understanding like how that could affect my daughter, you mm-hmm. know, cause we talk about what we eat can affect the baby when they're in the womb. So why wouldn't it like how, how our emotional state, why wouldn't that affect it? It was something that I feel like I intuitively knew. Mm-hmm. So I tried meditation, right? So I put on the expectful app, put it like did 10 minutes. There was no way I was doing 20 at the time. They only had 10 and 20 options. So I just did the 10 and, you know, I was really blown away in just like three to five days. I saw this huge shift in just my perspective, which I now know is awareness. Like at the time I just could tell that something was changing and I didn't understand what, but I had just lost my job. I'm pregnant. And for some reason I'm feeling pretty good. (laughs) You know, like I went from feeling like I wanted to stay in my room in the dark, not go outside to wanting to go for long walks, to wanting to connect with nature, to wanting to call my family and just have long conversations to wanting to cook, to wanting to spend time with my husband. Whereas before, if I wouldn't have done meditation, I wouldn't have been like that. I just would have curled into a ball and been depressed for months on end. So I was really intrigued by this like awareness piece, by how looking at our minds and seeing what's inside can really help us to make decisions in in the outside world just by dipping in. So needless to say, I was like, this is great. I kept doing it all throughout my pregnancy. At some point I gave the founder of Expectful my feedback. It was just him at the time. Like he had hired the two hypnotherapists to write the meditations. And then he was just seeing how women um, were responding and if they liked them. So I gave him my feedback, thought that was it, gave birth to my daughter. And two weeks after I gave birth, the founder reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'd like you to join the team. And I just remember like turning to my husband and being like, I don't even know what my name is right now, (laughs) (laughs) but I know that I want to work for this company. And the reason being is because not only did their meditations transform my life, but when the founder told me his story, because I was skeptical, right? The founder is like a 35 year old man. He's single with no kids. (laughs) I'm like, what's happening here? But he told me that the whole reason why he started this company is because his mom's parents were in the Holocaust and they went through a traumatic time, as you can imagine. And when she was raising him, she struggled with a lot of anxiety and he 
had ADD and she just never could show up as the mom that she wished that she could. And when he found meditation, when he turned 30, he, the only thing he could think about is like, if only my mom would have had this, I wonder how mm-hmm. her life would have been different. And I wonder how my life would have been different. And then he got curious, like, wait, what if my mom had this when she was pregnant with me? And then he hired a PhD student to see if there was any studies behind meditation and pregnancy and couldn't believe when the, when the person came back and there was all these studies to how meditation can help. And he was like, okay, let me try and like create something then because no one's talking about this. No one's talking about the health of a woman's mind when they're pregnant everyone's talking about the health of their body. So when he told me this story and especially with what I had went through, it just made so much sense to me. You know, like I was eating right during pregnancy. I was exercising, but I was never thinking about my mind. And the moment that I did, the moment that I put awareness and sat down and meditated for a few minutes a day, it transformed everything. It it just really blew me away. So Needless to say, I joined the team, right? That's why I'm here today. (laughs) And I've been with them ever since. And we've, you know, now I write the meditation. So you could tell I'm really into meditation now that I write them. Um, And it's just been a a crazy journey. So it's all tied in, right? Like I found, I found meditation the same time that I found Expectful. And that's why I'm, I'm here. Oh, I love that. And I I do have a question about their meditations and how it worked for you differently. So I, too, am going to out myself that I'm a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for almost 20 years. And my meditation practice, which I attempt quite regularly, sucks. Um, It really really does. Um, I find that I, I gave up trying to, kind of like what you said, even though I do have oddly open hips, like sitting in lotus, that's fine. Like my, it's not that, but I found when I set myself up on my blanket, I'm like, I'm going to meditate now. It didn't really work. So I now, I tend to wake up before everyone else in my family. So sometimes I just lay in bed and I'm like, I'm comfortable. I'm warm. I'm present. And I try, sometimes I give myself a mantra. Sometimes I just count my breath. I'm not good at it. I keep, I'm like, oh, there's my mind wandering again. Okay, that's that's normal. Let's just come back. Oh, moment again, there's my, but is it because when you're listening to an app, it you have someone telling you what to do or in a sense, or it's keeping you more present than just laying there and trying to be your own thought monitor? Do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I know what I mean though. Like I didn't know that, but do you think that's why you were able to connect with it better than when you would do it on your own? Yeah. You know, I don't really think that I understood the concept of meditation before expectful. So I could say, yeah, I'm Well, if I look back on it, yeah, having someone guide me through a meditation during that time when I didn't know anything about meditation was extremely helpful because I could let go, right? Someone else was in the driver's seat. Like they, they were keeping me accountable because the guidance comes in. It, it brings your attention back no matter where it is. You're not the thought monitor, right? Like that's (laughs) what you're trying to say. Like in that moment, I didn't have to worry about catching my thoughts. Someone else was bringing me back to presence which is probably why it was so effective. And I think that there are so many different ways that people enter meditation and so many different ways to meditate. 
And I found many to be helpful. Guided meditation is super helpful for me if I don't want to put in as much effort. Like if I kind of just want to allow myself to be held, which I think is a really nice thing when you're pregnant and when you're a new mom, you know, goes back to the thing of like not wanting to make decisions, like just let someone else support you. Whereas now, I mean, I'm pregnant now, but I know a lot more about meditation. I tend to not listen to guided meditation as much as I do it on my own. And that's just because I found that I need the quiet Mm-hmm. Like I need no noise and I need the the disconnection from technology. So I'll sit there and I'll be my, my thought monitor, which again, I'm totally going to go for it. Podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tune into you one of your to. podcasts later and you'll be like, or your meditation, like, and I'll be your thought monitor for today. Hi, I'm Anna. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm writing a meditation right now. It's already in there. <laughs> Yeah, but for me, what what I do at least right now, because it changes so much, but for me right now, I will listen to the sounds around me to bring me back into presence, and I'll feel my body from the inside out. That really helps me. So I'll feel my body. I'll like bring my awareness in, feel my body from the inside out, and then listen. And that allows me to connect to the like what I call the inner world with the outer world, mm-hmm. and it keeps me present. But the main thing that really was a game changer for me with meditation is realizing that when you catch your thoughts, like when you're like, oh, I'm thinking, oh my God, I suck at this. That's actually like means that you're doing it right. Every time that you catch your thought, it means it's like another coin in a piggy bank. Like you just got stronger at being present. You just got stronger at awareness because you caught yourself not being aware do you understand right, so what I'm I saying? don't suck as much as I think because exactly. I catch myself all the time. Yeah, and then I sometimes I'm like, you up catch there. I yeah, do. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. That means that you're doing it right. And I think so often we're like, oh, I suck at meditating because I can't stop thinking. <laughs> Here's the thing. And my my teacher Emily Fletcher describes this so beautifully. Just as your heart beats, right? Like it beats involuntarily, like Deb, like you're not commanding your heart to beat right now, right? And <laughs> no, if you I'm are, not. tell me. I am not. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's the same thing with your mind. So your mind is just involuntarily thinking, it's its function. So just as the heart pumps blood, the mind thinks, it processes things, it's how we stay alive, it's how we can make decisions, how we can keep going. The thing about it is, is that it doesn't always need to be on right? And we can learn to pick the thoughts that can support us and to leave the rest. And that's how you come back to presence. That's how you come back to like when your daughter smiles, actually seeing her smile instead of just thinking about something that you have to do for work. That's Mm -hmm. how you get more present. But it's, it's about letting go and giving yourself permission to think that you suck at meditation is when you really will realize that you are doing everything right. Like if you just let go and just go, oh yeah, I'm thinking, interesting. My mind's doing that thing that it's naturally supposed to be doing. (laughs) Like there's nothing wrong. If you're not thinking, you're dead. So that would be pretty bad. (laughs) So just think, you know, like it's good that you're thinking. It's not about clearing your mind. It's just about becoming aware of the thoughts in your head, realizing you're not those thoughts, picking the ones that you want to take with you throughout the day and leaving the rest. That's all that meditation is. It's becoming aware of your inner experience and deciding how it's going to influence your outer one. Okay. So I like that better because 
<laughs> that is more, I can relate to that. And as you're saying it, I'm like, okay, I understand where in my life I've had that. And I guess I was listening to and thinking like really being present and maybe am I, am I, am I um, interpreting that correctly? Like just really being mindful and present that in a sense is a meditation for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole thing is, right? Like when you catch yourself thinking you're present when you were thinking you weren't, but when you caught it, you were, you were present. Do you have to be still to consider it a meditation. <laughs> no. right, so, okay. So work with me here through my mind. That's another thing that kept me from meditating. Like it wasn't only Lotus pose, but when I was trained in my yoga teacher training for the one day when we covered meditation, I'm sure you know how that is. Um, it was like, you know, don't move. And if you have an itch on your nose, like, don't you dare itch it. Like the whole thing of like meditation is like suffer. (laughs) It's just not your, like, if you have an itch, itch, if you want to move, like sometimes I'll just allow my body to like gently sway. And that really helps me. Sometimes I walk and meditate. Like you can meditate anyway, anywhere, right? Like your eyes don't even have to be closed. Like say you have morning sickness, which I battled through (laughs) both pregnancies and closing my eyes was like, just not good. I didn't want to go that far inward. You can do that. So it's really like making meditation your own there, like throw out the rule book, like throw out everything you've ever heard, everything anyone has ever said. I don't care if they're a master teacher. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's the Dalai Lama, to be honest, because everyone has their way of what works for them. And until you can lean into what works for you, nothing else will matter because you'll always be putting yourself up against some, something that worked for somebody else. And they're not you. So just do what feels right. You know, lie in bed. Like you said, you were like, I'm comfortable. I'm lying down, but I'm aware that's everything that you need for meditation. You know, Um, you don't have to sit upright. The spine doesn't need to be super long. You don't have to be still. Your eyes don't have to be closed. There's no rules. Throw them out. So would you (laughs) consider a focused yoga practice a meditation? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Moving meditation. Yeah. yeah. So we've heard that, you know, everyone says like, Oh, it's a moving meditation. But I feel like sometimes people are just saying those words cause it sounds nice. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, like I've heard that forever. Like we're doing a moving meditation, but I feel like when in my life, when I come out of a yoga class, like, Oh, let me also be really specific and don't laugh at me. I'm a little bit of a yoga snob, um, that if I have to really trust the teacher to really let go of everything else in my brain um, and really be present. And I only have a few teachers that I can be like, I am putting myself in your hands. I trust you. I listen to you. Sometimes when I take a yoga class and don't judge me too hard about this, but if I'm like, you don't really know what you're doing, then I have to like catch myself from that. So um, when I take those classes that I just hand myself over and I'm listening and learning, I feel like I come out of that so refreshed because I've closed everything, like all those other vrittis of my day off. And I'm just staying with the present and what's being presented and feeling it and going through it. Would that be considered a meditation? Oh yeah. I mean, and what you're feeling, I call it like the fog a lot. Like we'll, we'll walk around in life, right? We'll walk into a yoga studio and what we're bringing with us is all the fog of our day. Right. And we can't even see that we're in a fog. Like we don't, we don't even see the fog, but when we become aware, the fog slowly starts to clear. So by you surrendering, letting go, 
just allowing yourself to be present, to feel your hands touching the mat, to feel your breath flowing through your body, the fog just naturally starts to clear. And that's when you get that high, right? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wow, I feel so good right now. Like super relaxed, super clear. And it's all because of that. And listen, I get the yoga snob thing because (laughs) I remember when I was in teacher training like 10 years ago and one of my teachers said the most important thing to me, he said to the whole class, welcome to the last time you ever take a yoga class, like the same way that you've been taking. And what he meant is every time that you walk into a yoga class after you're done this training, you're going to be judging the teacher and not having the experience. Yeah. And that's not healthy. I know like I shouldn't do that, but it's it's not a good thing. And I recognize that. So like, don't judge me too hard on that. But I do like, I, there's certain, I've been so blessed that I've worked with, um, certain just amazing teachers that I'm like, I trust you. You've explored this. You embody this. And then every now and then, you know, I'll take, I just went to this place near me and usually the teacher is just spot on, but the teacher to sub. And I'm like, oh, you just finished teacher training. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me say that we all have a beginning path. You know, like we don't come out of the womb running, you know, like we have our, our growth, but I had gotten myself in this space. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to my, this teacher. And, and it was my own issue. Like it's my own, you know, rock on my shoulder that I'm like, you know, or chip my shoulder, whatever it is that I had a hard time accepting this teacher. So I recognize it's not a good thing, but it's, yeah, I'm trying to get over that. And then I probably should have put myself just in what was happening in each pose and not get caught up. That yeah, or just let yourself be caught up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like, accept it and like, just be oh, passive. I'm caught up, you know? Like, <laughs> okay, so there it is. It's like catching your thoughts. You're like, oh, I'm getting caught up. I'm judging. Let's let it go. Let's try again. That totally. could have. Okay. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and listeners to this me like, oh, Deb, you just showed a really ugly side of yourself. I did. <laughs> I, don't I did. I don't think you did. <laughs> All right, I'm going to swerve this back to try to save face a little bit to your pregnancy after your pregnancy and birth after you discovered meditation how did things shift so with my second pregnancy well well, you're no so you started meditating at seven months pregnant with your first did you pull any of that through your first birth experience or was it just too new at that time or then how does it how is it working with your second does that make sense what i'm trying to ask yes No, totally makes sense. So really what, what meditation did for my pregnancy was just transformed like my mental state and how I was feeling. So it just gave me more energy. It allowed me to be more present with my husband before we had a little one to take care of, which I'm so grateful for that time. And it just helped me enjoy, like it, it seriously turned my third trimester into the best trimester of my pregnancy. And it was the one when I lost my job and stopped, you know, making money, which is a crazy statement with birth you know, I I went back and forth because I've been asked this question so many times. And I really think like, I just hadn't been meditating enough to even think to pull it into my birth. And I also just had this expectation that birth was going to be super easy. So I'm the youngest of seven. And my mom talks about birth as if it was something that like she walked in, watched a movie and left. Like she's like, you know, oh, I didn't have any pain. I had a little bit of labor, like with your one brother, Joseph, because he was nine pounds. (laughs) But everyone else, it was just like, whatever. I left the hospital in my jeans. Like, and that's just my mom. I've never heard her complain a day in her life. And I probably should have been aware of that walking into it. Um, but birth 
just threw me for a loop. Like I didn't want to have any medications. And then my daughter was posterior and I didn't even know what that meant. I just knew that like Did I was looking at- Did you take a birth class? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, oh, you're going to love this. Um, <laughs> I took a birth class. And what I mean by that is my husband like pirated some videos <laughs> online because we didn't want to pay for it and we watched you know this like birth class online and that's like the extent of what I knew um so I did and also like probably wasn't the best uh so when I went into it I just I was having birth I was having like really bad back pain and I'm looking I'm in the hospital I'm looking at this monitor that shows the contractions and you know contractions they go up and down yeah mine went up and then it just stayed there it just went up and it just flatlined at the top and I was like oh my god guys this doesn't look right and I like called my OBGYN and was like I want that epidural and he was like what I thought like you know yoga and stuff and I said a curse word (laughs) and was like give me the epidural um and they did and and that epidural was like the best decision I ever made because then the contractions went up and down and I didn't feel anything and I could just watch them nicely. Uh, and I mean, some, some other stuff happened in there. Like my daughter's heartbeat dropped after I got an epidural. No one told me that like that could happen. Instead, they just like threw me on all fours, put a gas mask over me and were like prep the OR. And I'm just like, what is happening? Um, and the whole room got rushed with all these people and it was one of the scariest moments of my life, as you can imagine. And then all of a sudden they were like, ah, just lay on your side. Everything's good. And I was like, what just happened? I feel traumatized. Um, so then I, I pushed a few hours later and she was out. Um, so I feel like I, you know, on my first birth, I, I didn't take control. I was very much like, here I am, you know, at the doctor's mercy at the hospital's mercy. And I, I very much was like the person in the back seat going, I don't know anything. So I'm like, just going to let you guys do your stuff. And when I look back on it, I really regret that because there's some moments, like I have this video of my daughter, right. When she came out, my husband was filming it and they took her and just put her immediately on a table and like threw a hat on her and checked her and cleaned her. And she was screaming, you know, like she was terrified. And I think I just didn't have enough awareness then to think like, wait a minute, like she should have just went right on me. Like she just went through something so traumatic. And her first experience of life is being put on a table with lights and people not like, you know, dealing with her delicately, like they're dealing with her as if they've, you know, done this a billion times, you know, it's like a machine, like just Mm -hmm. putting on the hat and I look back on that and it really makes me sad because I, I wish that I would have, I wish I would have had more awareness and I wish that I would have been like, you know, this is, this is like a time that's about me. It's about my child. It's about my husband. And I need to, to care more about that. Maybe care isn't the right word, but I need to take more responsibility there and like, think about what I want in that situation and what's best for all of us. And then try to make that happen to my best ability. Right. Like I'd never try to put expectations too big on myself. Cause mm-hmm. I know that more often than not, <laughs> they're going to crumble to the ground. Um, but I, I do, especially with this one, which I've talked to you a little bit about, like with this pregnancy, I have fear around giving birth because 
I now work in the pregnancy field, which is something I didn't do before. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of stories, (laughs) some, some really horrible, um, where like babies didn't make it. And then some really beautiful stories where like birth was euphoric. Like I've had women tell me I have to allow myself to only think about my birth for like five minutes a day because like, it just brings me so much joy that it's like a bad thing, you know? And I'm just, I, you know, I listen to these women. I think they're like unicorns. I'm like, what? <laughs> like your birth felt that good that like you have to like monitor the amount of time you can think about it, <laughs> you know? So I feel like I know so much of what can go wrong and what can go great that I I'm almost in this area of like, do I want to have a hospital birth? Do I want to have a home birth? And my husband's like, definitely doesn't want to have a home birth. I think he's terrified of that. And I'm just kind of in this space of like, what do, what do I want? And like, what matters most? And all those questions that come up around birth, right? Like, do I want to be in a hospital? Does that feel more safe to me? Does being at home feel more safe to me? Do I want to strive to have a euphoric birth, right? Or do I want to just strive to have birth, right? Can I like, put my childbirth educator hat on and my doula oh my hat on? God, do it, man. Do it. <laughs> All right. So um, did you take a childbirth ed class this time? Not yet. <laughs> okay. And how far along are you, Anna? Um, I am 25 weeks today. Okay. All right. So we've got some time because I'm like, I'm going to just step in and just circle my (laughs) wagons around you and help you and hold you here. So, (laughs) because I mean, as you were speaking, my heart was really big and crumbling all at the same time. Um, because this, your first birth, it is, it's common that situation. Um, not, not that it was a common birth, like, but like that, that scenario of, loving being pregnant, but at the same time, be like, I, I haven't prepared for this, what's happening and putting yourself in the back seat. And I'm not berating you at all. Please say, I'm like, I'm, I'm holding this for you, the space. And I'm trying to, hopefully the community can hear like, that is so normal. That is such a common occurrence that that happens. And then a lot of women end up like you, you I think you used the word traumatized from it. And there's a lot to come back from. So let's unpack some of that if you're okay with that. Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I have sat down on the therapist seat and I'm ready. <laughs> no, no, I'm hardly a therapist. What I am, I mean, like, let's take that hat and put it far away because I don't deserve that. But what I am is an observer of many births and many women. And I've heard the story a lot. And I think that, you know, exploring that, you know, exploring what can you do this time? You know, what steps can be different? So I think one of the best things, I mean, you're now in such a different place. Look where you work and what you do. I mean, you work around pregnancy. So taking perhaps the, um, like you said, like the expectation. So striving for euphoric births or striving for a birth, I think you have to sit there and think like, what, where do I feel safest? Definitely. And then where can you just, it's like meditation, in that sense, like, where can I just be present? Where can I let go of everything else? And where can I let myself embrace? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Like what, what feels the best space for you? Yeah. Cause it's not about like, what is the best space? Like, yeah. it's like society, you know, what is the best space? It's more just what is the best space for you? Yeah. And where do you feel and, safest and where can you be vulnerable yeah. and where do you trust? 
Because if you put yourself in a situation that you're not going to trust, then your anxiety is going to kick in and that's going to be challenging. Now, you already said that your husband is not keen for home birth. Um, and a lot of the midwives I know, if you're going to have a home birth, the partner needs to be on board because that's going to create too much strife and anxiety. So if you are going to do a hospital birth, which I'm guessing, <laughs> unless you have a birth center near you, you need to build a team that's really going to support you so that you can let go of some of the fear and anxiety from your first birth and try to have as much of an open path for your second. Because I think you and I talked about you know, the fear of the second time, because you, it was challenging your first birth. Like, you know, if someone feels traumatized, how do you not let that come up in the face of what you're facing again? Mm -hmm. So putting a lot of thought into who can you invite into your birth, that's going to give you the space to be open and vulnerable. Because then if you, especially if you are prone to depression, coming into the second path of motherhood with already another child to take care of, um, if you're feeling traumatized again, can be an uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something I'm aware because I went through postpartum depression really bad um, for like six months after I gave birth to my daughter. So that's, that's definitely something that's on my mind. And I feel like I've been vocal, at least with my husband about that, like yeah. about, Hey, this time around, like it can't be like last time because I didn't know that last time was really just building blocks to postpartum depression. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't sleeping well, like, and by well, I mean at all, you know? <laughs> um, and I was, you know, breastfeeding around the clock, trying to get in the flow of that, having mastitis. Oh. And that just all, you know, went into like, just threw me into postpartum depression. Um, and plus like starting a new job two weeks after giving birth. Not like I don't recommend it, guys. These are huge things. Those are <laughs> yeah. huge things. Oh, my yeah. the mastitis. Oh, and, my breath literally hurt for you. Um. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, in a month after I started working for Expectful, it's funny. I My husband came home because I, I was not only working, but I was working full-time from home taking care of my daughter alone. Oh, my so God. So it was just crazy. And I'm someone that like prides myself in – doing the impossible, which now I look back on, I'm like, you definitely like, that's the one thing I wish all moms could know is like, don't try to be a super mom, mm -hmm. you know, because it doesn't work. And like, there's no gold star at the end. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's actually only bad things at the end of that because you're just driving yourself into the ground. And if you're not okay, nothing's okay. But a month after I started working for Expectful, my husband came home one day we were changing my daughter on the changing table. And I just looked at him and I was like, Hey, I, I can't do this. Like I need to like quit this job. Like this is too much. I'm just, I'm drowning. And my poor husband who has like such anxiety around money, he just looked at me and he was like, Anna, like I crunched the numbers and like, you can't quit. And it just like crushed me. Like it threw me because I was like, Oh my God, like I'm just in this, like this hell, you know, of like, waking up every day and trying to like manage this and just crying in front of my daughter. Like she's just like sitting there and I'm just hysterical because the, the pressure is so heavy and no one could hold it, you know? Yeah. And so with this, I mean, <laughs> the founder of expect one, I have already talked to him like three months maternity, like, don't call me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? like, don't even like, don't even ask me a question. Um, and to, to get that is really important to me, but I think you're right. Like, and you are definitely like peeling back some layers for me. Cause I think so often, at least in my own experience, 
you forget that birth is the first step to postpartum. Yeah. Like you forget that like what happens there is the foundation of what happens after or can be the foundation of what happens after, right? Like if you have a traumatic birth, you take that with you into postpartum. It's like the door in and out. It's like your door out of pregnancy and into motherhood. And what exactly that, that little chasm of time and space has results on the other side. Like you're carrying that forward physically and emotionally. Right. Yeah. See, I don't think I've like, like, like I said, I feel like you're peeling something back for me because I feel like that was in my awareness. Like, I feel like I knew that, but when you're saying it, like, as you're, as you were describing, like, wait a minute, (laughs) like, that's actually a big deal. Like that is the deal, you know, like if you're not set up in some way, shape or form for what's going to happen first, then who's to say the domino effect of what's going to happen after, So I think the support is, I think you're right, like building that. So let's give you some homework. Let's give me. Oh my God. Do you like this? So (laughs) my interviews don't usually go on this way, but I'm loving talking to you. So for, okay, there's like two paths. My head is like going in a hundred directions. So I think one is to work on the trauma that is probably still there in your body and mind from your first birth. Cause you and I talked about like, I was traumatized from my first birth. Um, not as much emotionally as physically. And I just remember talking to my midwife. I'm like, I can't do that again. I cannot do it because it was 42 hours. It was five hours of pushing. My body was trashed after. It's still not where it was before. And I was seeing, I was doing a PT twice a week, I think. And I was doing it twice a day on my own. Like I didn't have the bandwidth to do it again. And I was terrified. And so I had to really face those fears. And I talked to my midwife about it. I'm like, well, what happens if we have that again? She's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I guess I just have to do it. Like if I'm in the middle of labor and it's looking that way, we just have to get to the other side. So I had to face those fears and I had to have kind of a game plan for the other side. So I think processing those fears with someone, not me, cause I'm not clear. I'm not, not certified for this, but like a real therapist perhaps so that you can head into this other, this other birth, not carrying that on your back. So work on that. And then, but let's then also find that sense of empowerment where you're not in the backseat, where you are taking autonomy for this birth, where you're having conversations with your care provider, with your husband is there. And maybe Adula um, is there (laughs) just thrown out out there. Um, so that you walk into this and you're like, I got my posse. I know this information. I am, I don't want to use the word control because I think that's, I mean, birth is not a controlled factor, um, but that like, you know, what's going on. And so that you're not a passenger, <clears throat> you're, you're the driver. Right. <clears throat> what do you, you think have, of like, that? The courage to be the driver, I <laughs> think is like big for me, like stepping into the driver's seat. And because I think so often, like I'll look at my OBGYN, right. And I'll be like, Oh, well he knows best. Like he knows best. The nurses know best. And from what I've learned, it's, it's actually like, you really need to trust yourself, yeah. you know, like you need to be open, but at the same time you need, and I'm not good at this. Cause I like to like, just be super like nice, you know? And she's like, yeah, you know, whatever you say. And, um, 
I need to be able to sit there and be like, no, like this is what I want. Or like, we need to have a conversation about this. Like you need to tell me more, or, you know, like really be okay with being assertive mm-hmm. and taking responsibility for, for what I truly want in that situation. How do you feel about all that? I feel good. Really scared, but good. <laughs> It's huge. It's a huge <laughs> undertaking. I mean, to really put yourself there and, and do that. Well, I want to, I want to be there for you. So let me make sure you reach out to me and be like, Deb, okay, <laughs> how do I fill my homework assignment? <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this conversation went in a totally different direction, but I'm so, I'm so honored that you opened up because that's a really big thing. I mean, you really let yourself be vulnerable and express express that. And I think it's going to help those that have been there that have had those births of like, I I gave up my power and now I want to find it. And how do I find it? So thank you for sharing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be open too, because I think that a lot of times we look at women, especially like if you looked at me from the outside in, you would see, you know, a woman that's writing meditations for pregnancy. You would see a woman that's been working for expectful for three years and that looks like they know everything about birth and feels like, you know, really like peaceful about everything. And I, I like to be trans transparent about it, you know, to say like, Hey, I think I'm going to have a birth in a hospital again. And it's scary to like, know all this knowledge. And just to be honest about that, I think it's important to me at least that women know. Yes. And because don't we live in a society where everything looks shiny and happy? Like I've actually had to, I've actually unfollowed some accounts on Instagram that make me feel bad about myself. I'm like, they look like they have their shit together and I just don't. And so I, I thought to myself, you know, like I was talking to my, my friend Ursula and she's, she's into this whole like cleansing stuff. Um, she's like, well, does that, does that Instagram, um, does it bring you joy to have it? And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And so I'm like, delete, unfollow. So thank you for being thank you for being so transparent because you're right. We live in a society where everything looks perfect. You know, like you said, like someone could look at you and be like, of course she has herself together, but how great that you're like, nope, nope, I don't. You know what I mean? I think that's wonderful. And I meditate twice a day. You know what I mean? Do you really? (laughs) Meditate twice a day, do yoga. Like none of it matters. Like the, the, your, your journey is always going to be different. It doesn't matter what you do or the tools that you surround yourself with. Yeah. It's just, everyone's got their stuff. Yeah. And everyone's journey is going to be bumpy. No one has just like this smooth, easy ride. We all have our our bumps. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) I am curious. All right. You've been, your daughter's almost, is she's three or almost three? She is three. She's three. All right. And you have another one due in May. So how have you been trying to find balance in motherhood and work? Because I think many listeners struggle with that, including me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, definitely a lot's coming up with the next one on the way, like just looking at my daughter and wanting to spend more time with her. But I had this conversation with my friend, uh, Deanne, and she works from home now full time. And she was like, how do you do this? Cause I, I wear a lot of hats in the expectful team. And I was sharing with her, I take time during the day. So, or in the morning, I'll wake up when my daughter wakes up. I used to wake up before her and try and get everything done. Now it's just like, forget it. (laughs) She wakes up early. I'm up. I take her to daycare. I drop her off and I walk 
that's like a big thing. I mm-hmm. walk, I don't drive, drop her off. When I drop her off, I either just walk in silence or I will put on a podcast or something that inspires me and I'll walk home. When I get home, I write three pages of morning pages. I don't know if you've ever done mm-hmm. the artist way. Do you know what that is? I, yeah, I so haven't I write done it. My, my husband has pages. done that. Yes. I have the book. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So I write my three morning pages, which is really just writing like um, a stream of consciousness. Like you're just writing whatever is coming into your head. So you get it out. It's not about being creative. You never read the pages again. So I get that out. Then I meditate for 20 minutes. I like make myself some tea and then I sit down and I start working, but I don't put pressure on myself to feel like I need to hit like certain things. I give myself the space and I work from home. So if I'm like, Hey, I need a nap. I'm taking a nap, you know, or like, Hey, I need to go for a run or I need to stop and do some yoga right now. I'm going to do it. Like, I feel like I've learned over the last three years that if I don't do what I need, I always end up like tumbling to the ground. I end up overworked and it's never a good scenario. So the main thing for me is the boundaries of doing what I know makes me feel good and knowing when to stop. Like I cook dinner every night for my family. I stop working. I put my phone away from six to eight. It's only two hours, right? But it's, it's the time that my daughter's home from daycare and my husband's home and it's our family time. And I spend that time. We eat, we relax, we play, and then we put her to bed together. And then my husband and I go downstairs and we watch, you know, a show or a movie for an hour or two. And then we go to bed. And sometimes my husband stays up and works late. And sometimes one of those hours with my husband turns into both of us working But having that structure of like, no, this is family time and this is work time really matters and makes such a difference because, or like, what else are we doing if we're not doing that? Like if we're not making space for our children and our loved ones, then that's not a life. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, we need to be really clear about that because we get sucked in. And when I say we, I am so included in this we get sucked into thinking that like life is about earning the money and working hard and preparing for the future. But life is happening right now. And if we don't take the moments every day when we can, if we don't put the boundaries around that to make those moments happen, we will get sucked away. We'll get sucked into our phones. We'll get sucked into work. We'll get sucked into responsibilities rather than just being present with our loved ones. So the balance for me is really that it's, it's making sure that that time is put aside and that I honor it, like that it's sacred. And, and then I'm also easy with myself. Like some weeks are crazier than others. Right. And sometimes that time is not as robust as I would like, but I need to make it something in order for it to matter. I hope that answers your oh question. Oh my gosh. Though. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, I relate to that a lot. I'm not as good with putting the phone down, but I do in my brain I carve out I have a hard stop because you know this I've tried to organize podcasts with you to pick up my daughter at three <laughs> thirty. And I do check my emails sometimes, but basically three thirty to five that for three thirty to eight thirty is my 
kid family dinner bath bedtime time um but i i really as i'm listening i'm like i really need to within those 5 hours 5 hours is a little long for me to totally step away from work but i feel like i need to at least carve out an hour or two to be like okay i've checked in technically work should be done and then i pick it up on the other side that my husband and i sit together at night and watch a movie and i usually have my laptop and i can do like the mindless stuff um mm-hmm. but i like what you said like life is now and I see my kids. I don't know if your daughter does this. Like, they'll, they'll, my daughter will be like, look, look at me. Put your phone down. Look at me. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, when they actually are saying that, clearly they're feeling second rate to the phone. And that should never be the case. So thank you for that reminder that life is happening now. It's not in the phone. It's not in the work. Yeah, yeah. And it's so easy to get sucked in. And my daughter has done that to me before. I've, I've actually, like... I've made it a point to not be on the phone when she asks me a question. Like I immediately look up on her cause she has said that to me so many times that it's just like wrenched my heart too many times yeah. for me to like deal with it. Cause I think we are in a unique place, like being parents that are raising children with this device, yeah. you know, like in our hands. And we know that we know that we have an addiction to it. We know yeah. that like, there's something going on here and that there's something not right about it. There's something that's really great about it. And there's something really not great about it. And I think that awareness is hard for us to navigate as parents, but the best that we can do is just to be aware of it and to put it down. And the one thing that I've done too, Deb is like, I'll, I'll tell my team, I'll be like, Hey, between these hours, uh, like I'm not available, you know, like I don't, from here to there. And if you really need me, call me, like, don't slack me, don't email me because if you do, I'm not going to get back to you because I'm unavailable. And I think that that transparency can be really good because it also empowers like the rest of your team to do it. At least I've found, you know, they're like, Oh, cause I work with like a bunch of moms and they're like, Oh, well this is when I'm not on. And I'm like, great. <laughs> you know? I like that. I think I'm going to do that. My, I'm going to do it from my five to seven. That's when we're really working on dinner. Although I don't, I do like to listen to music. So do you like move your phone away or can you have podcasts or music playing or like, it's the oh, phone? I put podcast on when I'm cooking. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, that would make me sad. Cause we listen to a lot of music. Um, we go between. If I get to choose, it's musical theater. And I have to tell you, I'm loving that my kids are starting to pick up on that. If my daughter gets to choose, it's Disney. And if my seven-year-old son gets to choose, it's Kids Bop, my least favorite of it. Um, So (laughs) we have a lot of music going on. So let the music be going. Pandora's our friend. But resist the, hey, I'm just going to check email. I like that. And if someone really needs me, give me a call. Yeah. And then the pressure's off you. You know that nothing urgent is landing in your inbox. You know? Yeah. So we can find a balance in motherhood and work because I failed at that a lot. Oh, this is good. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to start to wrap things up and ask you, what is a tip or advice you would like to pass on to new and expectant parents? You know, for me, it always comes back to presence and I know it's like not, it's not your so-called tip or advice, but it's the, to me, it's the most important, like taking that time 
to truly be with your kid when you're having them, Mm -hmm. or if you are expecting them, like truly taking that time to connect with your baby while they're still inside of you, nothing else at the end of the day is going to matter. No, nothing. (laughs) Like there's, there's just, I I can't think of anything that's going to matter besides just taking that time to be present with your loved ones when you can and give yourself permission to do that, which is the hardest part. Like don't put so much pressure on yourself. Just give yourself permission to just be present in any capacity that mean like that, that means it could mean that you're completely upset. Like I said, I was in postpartum crying in front of my baby, but I was present with her. It's just allowing yourself to be in that space, soak up the time that you have Mm that's it. That's my biggest tip. It's, it's the only thing to me that matters. Can I share something about that? That actually you say that, and I had this moment this morning with my son. So, you know, it's freezing cold. School is delayed. My husband took my daughter to school. She was earlier and we live in walking distance to his elementary. So we walked there this morning and first of all, he was hilarious because he had a sweatshirt on his his fleece, not fleece, his, uh, what's it like the puffy jacket. And for whatever reason, he likes to wear his hat over his hood. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> adorable. So he's like wrapped up and then he's got a snow boots in his backpack and we're walking to school and we're just talking. And so then I, I walk to the schoolyard and he says goodbye. And I just watch him this like, you know, he's almost like lumpy. There's so much stuff on him. Walk into school. And there was just being present and watching him walk in my heart just filled. I'm like, I just love that kid so much. I, I was just really present with him. And then I was walking home thinking about that moment. I'm like, I'm not going to get that much more time where he just wants to be with me and I can just love him at this age. Like, So I had that like moment of like, I was present. My heart was so swelling with being present and how much I loved him. You know what I mean? It's like, that's like, I think what you're talking about. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I see it one thing that I'll do a lot when I'm walking around New York, like just randomly, I'll look at other moms with their kids and like whether they're putting their kid in a car seat or their baby carrying their kid or their kids walking next to them. And I look at the way that a mother looks at a child, Mm. those in-between moments when like there's not language, but there's just love. Mm. And like those moments to me are like the most beautiful. And those are the ones that like, I want to capture and just keep putting in my buckets. And like, that's what I strive to, to remind other parents of all the time, like those in between moments and how powerful they are. And I think that we're lucky that time isn't on our side. Like I had a woman say to me once when I was in postpartum, I was telling her about Expectful's meditations and onboarding her onto the platform. Cause I used to do that manually. <laughs> um, and she said to me, she was trying to get pregnant. She had a seven year old son and she like really wanted another baby. She was like, Oh, how's it going? Cause my daughter was like a month. And I told her and she was like, well, just know that every day they're, they're going further and further away from you. And I think it was something that was just really in her awareness. She wanted another baby so bad and she could see that her seven-year-old son every day was like further and further from her arms, you know, like further and further from wanting to be held, further and further from needing her. Mm -hmm. And it's always stayed with me and I've tried to like capture it. And I think that 
like I said, time isn't on our side, but it's a really powerful tool because the reason why you were present in that moment with your son today was because you became aware of time. Yeah. And how precious it is. Yeah. And so we, although it's not on our side, we could use it to our advantage. Mm. Just the fact that it's fleeting and slipping away. Yes. Oh. This podcast is like just going all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I looked at the questions I had. I'm like, yeah, we got to develop several of those. <laughs> oh, oh, I loved it. All right, we're going to start to wrap up with where can people find your work? Oh, gosh, all over. So um, Expectful. If you go to Ex- Expectful, you will find me everywhere. Yes. Um, I write most of the blog post. You can find me on the Expectful podcast and listen to me <laughs> um, rant. Uh, you can find me in the Expectful app. So if you go into the meditations and listen to them, chances are that I wrote them. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Anna Gannon Yoga. Uh, and I write a lot and share pictures of my insane daughter. She's crazy and hilarious if you want to come and see her. Um, yeah, and that's where you can find me. That's that's the best place. And we will have all those show notes. And then, I'm <laughs> just throwing this out there, <clears throat> after you have your baby, maybe I can have you back on. And yeah, we can see how how everything kind of turned out yeah yeah we will see (laughs) (laughs) we'll just see no promises right now I'd love to share what happens later (laughs) and then see how yeah I would love that because I've really enjoyed chatting with you well enjoy your afternoon thank you bye (laughs) bye this has been an episode of yoga birth babies produced by prenatal yoga center you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.